If I told you that I could shoot a three-pointer, how much proof would you need that I could actually do it? I mean, do you need to see me actually take the ball, stand at that three-point line and shoot the ball, or are you just going to take it because I say it? Anybody going to believe me? No? Well, I can't do it. Uh, If I told you that I could bake a cake, uh, that's a little bit more unbelievable. Uh, I've baked one cake, I think, in my whole life, and it was a surprise uh, cake for Leslie for her birthday. But if I told you I could bake a cake, are you going to believe me because I say it, or do you need to prove it? I mean, do you need to taste the cake? Okay, well, what if I said I could fly? How many people are going to believe me that I can fly because I said I could fly? If you said I don't really know what to say because you can get on an airplane and fly, right, I could do that. But if I said no, I'm picturing standing at the edge of a cliff, and I'm I'm trying to convince you that I could fly. How many people are going to believe me because I said I could fly? What if I... What if I said, okay, you don't believe me because I said, what if I, if I t- gave you a specific date and time that I was going to jump? You, are you going to believe me? Or what if I, I, I bought this special jumping suit? I mean, like, I'm going to go out in style. I'm going to fly in style. I spent all this money. Are you going to believe me? No, not yet. Okay, what if I uh, had news reporters show up? I'm standing there at the edge. Do I still, are you going to believe me or do I still have to jump? I, I probably still have to jump, and that would be, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise anybody. And I don't know how many people would, I bet everybody would show up just to see if I had the guts to jump, but I bet nobody would show up expecting me to actually fly, right? That would be impossible. And today we come across a story of something that's impossible, that's so impossible that the disciples didn't even show up to see if Jesus was going to rise from the dead. But they're not the only people who are guilty of this. We're going to look and see the women. We're going to see if they believe Jesus. We're going to look at the disciples. We're going to look at the guards. And through looking at these people, we're going to see that some people are convinced that Jesus rose from the dead because they saw Jesus. We're going to see something a little more sad. People are not going to be convinced because they they possibly saw Jesus and they saw angels. And we're going to see that, hey, all of us in here have not seen Jesus, and God has some special words for us if we will believe in the Son Jesus and that he rose from the dead. So the fact that Jesus is dead at this point, Jesus died a few days ago, 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross. Jesus was crucified. And this, when he was crucified, normally they would they'd take, a big, they'd take a big cross and they'd put your, a nail through your hands and through your feet. In Jesus' case, because he was the king of the Jews, they were making fun of him, they mocked him, they put a crown of thorns on his head, they beat him senseless. They tore out his beard. All sorts of tortures, uh, terrible things. But at any point, Jesus is up there on a cross. And Jesus is going to die up there. It was a 100% success rate. There was no way once you got up there that you were ever getting down until you were completely dead. Now, the day when Jesus died, there was criminals on the left and on the right of him. And when it, for, the, for the Jews, it was against the law to have somebody hanging on a cross over the Sabbath. And so the, the, the Jewish rulers went and talked to the guards and said, hey, why don't we speed this up? Why don't you just break these guys' legs so that they will die? Because when you were on the cross, you, you, you just used your, you had to use your legs to get up enough to breathe because of all that st- strain and pressure. You couldn't breathe unless you could push yourself up. So once you broke those legs, immediately you were going to suffocate and you were going to die. So they did that with the guy on the left 
I guess that's your left, the guy on the left, and they did that to the guy on the right. But when it came to Jesus, they didn't break his legs because they knew he was already dead. But the, the, the guard took his spear, and he'd have like a, a triangular point that was four to five inches long. And he, the, the angle that he had of looking up at Jesus, he could run that spear all the way up underneath the ribs, through the lung, right into the heart, and he would die. I mean, if, if there's any chance that Jesus was still alive, if he was just passed out or something, that would make for sure that he was dead. But the guards knew he was dead, and everybody knew he was dead. It was, it was such a controversial guy and situation that there was no way anybody was going to let them off, him off that cross until they knew he was dead. And so nobody, after seeing Jesus being crucified, believed Jesus was going to rise. Everybody doubted that Jesus would rise from the dead. The first people are the women, the women who traveled around with Jesus, that Jesus had ministered to. Uh, they, they did not believe Jesus was going to rise from the dead. It says in Luke 24, uh, verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared, and they went to the tomb. Now, the day Jesus died, it was getting late in the afternoon, and so they didn't have time to put the spices and the, the lotions and the perfumes on Jesus' body. So they thought, well, we got to, as soon as it's possible, on the first day of the week, we're going to go and get these things together and put them on Jesus' body. Now, I imagine that they, they spent all night thinking about the events of the day. And if you've ever planned for a party or a big celebration, your mind's going all night long. And I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what's going on. As soon as it's legal for them to get up and get going, they do. And they, they run all the way to the tomb because Jesus is there. Now, to put spices on a dead body, was it's a sad labor of love. It's a respectful thing to do. It's, I'm sure it's a very hard thing to do, but it's what they want to do. But why do they want to do this? Why did these women spend all night thinking about this? Why did they get all these spices together run to the tomb while it was still dark to put spices on Jesus' body. They did not believe Jesus was going to rise from the dead. If they had, if they had really believed Jesus was going to rise from the dead, they would go to the tomb. They would go to greet him. They might bring Jesus an extra change of clothes because he's kind of wrapped up like a mummy. He might like something fresh to wear. They might have brought him breakfast because he hasn't eaten for a few days. They might have brought him a getaway camel. They would have done something else, but because of the fact that Jesus is dead and he's in the tomb and he's going to stay there, we'll just bring spices and we'll, we'll anoint his body just like we're supposed to because that's what you did with a dead person. The disciples, the women are, are not the only people who didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead. You have the disciples. These guys, as much as you want to love them, they didn't even go to the tomb. They stayed home. They were in hiding this whole time. When Jesus was there. I mean, if they were, don't you think they would have gone expecting to hear knocking on the tomb door or the, the big rock or shouts, hey, open this door or something. They'd be ready to fight the guard so Jesus could come out. They would have, unqu- they would have unquenchable zeal. They would have excitement. There would be nothing in them that was going to stop them from telling everybody, hey, let's go to the tomb because Jesus is going to be there. We've been telling you this. Jesus has said this. Now look, he's there. But they didn't believe, so they did not even go to the tomb. You know, just imagine if, if Jesus rose from the dead uh, after he, he died. I mean, what, 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 left can they, what else can they do to Jesus? I mean, if, if they killed the king, 
He came back to life. What do you have to fear? Go ahead, kill me, because I know Jesus can raise me back to life. But these guys do not believe that. They believe Jesus is dead, and he's going to stay there. So what about you? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? I mean, what's it going to take for you to believe that Jesus rises from the dead? Because uh, Jesus told them, I mean, they walked with him for three years. He told them at different times throughout Scripture, this is what is going to happen. This is, we're going to Jerusalem because this is what's going to happen. And when the time came, it's like their brains just shut off and they completely forgot about this or did not think this was even possible. But do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? So at this moment, nobody believes, but many of them are convinced. So I'm going to start with the women. The women get convinced first that Jesus has risen from the dead. These are the same women who went to the tomb. They got up early in the morning. They got all these things together, and they went. And Mark 16, 3 says they don't even know how are they going to get this tomb stone rolled away because it's so big. But they're going anyway, and these are these same women. And a few of them are convinced when they talk to uh, an angel. Matthew 28, verses 5 through 10, talk about kind of what convinces these women that Jesus has finally risen from the dead. Matthew 28, verses 5 to 10. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for, the, for Jesus who was crucified. He, has not, he is not here. He is risen just like he said. He said he was going to rise. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has gone ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse 8 says, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. It took Jesus actually appearing to these women for them to be completely convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead. That sounds really great if you're the women. You you, want to believe, but you just can't because it's something so impossible. But you get to find out personally that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, these women went and told the disciples that Jesus rose from the dead. They didn't believe it themselves until they saw Jesus. Now they're going to go try to convince them. They ran to tell him, and at least two of them came. A man by the name of John and a man by the name of Peter went to check this out in John chapter 20, verses 3 to 9. These are the two men who are recorded as going back to the tomb to see if Jesus is really there. It says, early on the first day of the week, Let me skip ahead. So Peter, verse 3, so Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside, and he believed. But they still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. One of these guys, by the name of John, he saw, he went to the tomb, and he believed. I think at this point, all he's believing is Jesus is not there. I mean, you can't, obviously it's going to be easy to believe. His body isn't there. But because you find out later, Jesus kind of rebuking his disciples for not believing him, 
I don't think he believed that Jesus actually rose from the dead yet. And Peter, uh, it says it, uh, in Luke that he went away wondering to himself, what has happened? I mean, if you, you have a dead person, he's all wrapped up in linen, he's going he's gonna to have the blood, and he's going to have the sweat, and he's going to have all the, the body fluid on these, uh, on these strips of linen, and it's all laying there. It's not like this magically white pile of sheets. It's going to have blood stains, and it's going to have wear and tear, and Peter looks and says, huh, that's interesting. How did that happen? But he doesn't associate with that that Jesus didn't just leave, they didn't just wrap this all up and leave it and take Jesus' body. Jesus actually got up and left, but he does not see that. So Jesus, uh, he has to appear to his disciples to give them proof. That, the same night that Jesus, or that Jesus rose from the dead, the disciples are hiding. They're in an upstairs room, and the door is locked. And, and they're just, there's, there's ten of them, and they're, they're afraid. And all of a sudden, with the door locked, Jesus appears among them. And these guys are really freaked out because, I mean, the door's locked. How did you get in here? But Jesus came, and he tries to convince them that Jesus, that he's Jesus, and he's, he's really there, and that he's really alive. In Luke 36, to 40, we see what convinces these guys that Jesus is Luke 24, verses 36 to 40. It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost, which obviously you would expect if you don't think Jesus rose from the dead. And if he appears in a locked room, you got you to gotta be agreeing with these guys that this guy cannot be alive. But he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Jesus said, Look, guys, I got, I got holes in my hands. I got holes in my feet. Believe me, I am really here. But they still don't get it, so Jesus says, okay, uh, you guys got something to eat? We'll, we'll prove it for you. And Jesus ate it. Now, if Jesus was a ghost, you guys, at least the younger generations, know Casper the Friendly Ghost. When he eats something or him and his brothers eat that stuff, what's it all do? It falls to the ground because there's no body. Jesus eats this. He has a body, and so it stays in his system to finally convince these people, look, I am really alive. And you find out on the next couple verses, verse 44 to 46, it says, uh, Jesus goes on and talks to him, says, this is what I told you while I was still with you. I can only imagine the frustration Jesus is feeling. He already know he's, he's died on the cross. He's trying to convince these people that he's really alive, and they just don't get it. They, they, they say, this is impossible. How, how could you actually do this? He says, I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. It's the third day. He's rising from the dead. This should be no great shock to these people, but they just still will not believe. Jesus had to open their minds and make it clear to them so that they would understand that he actually rose from the dead. Now, that's great. You have two people. You have the women who heard that Jesus, or they saw Jesus. You have the disciples who saw Jesus. 
And they said, okay, I'm going to believe. I almost want to say, wow, what we do? I mean, you see Jesus alive, how could you not believe? But we come across these guards. In Matthew, uh, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 15, you find out that there's people who have proof that Jesus is risen from the dead, but they are not willing to accept that as proof. It says, uh, Matthew 28, verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went and looked at the tomb. There was such a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. So it's getting late. I mean, it's, it's almost morning time. Because the, the women are coming, so you just put all these pieces together. And these, these guards, I imagine they're getting tired. They're, they're standing guard, they're standing watch, because they, they, they were told something that, the, uh, that Jesus was supposed to rise after three days. These guys don't even believe Jesus is going to rise after three days, but they're making plans to make sure that the disciples can't come and steal the body to keep this Jesus hoax going. And so all these guards are, are stationed around this tomb. And it's getting late, and I imagine they're getting tired. I mean, if you imagine standing up all night long, to, uh, it gets tiring. You have shifts, but like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, it just it gets, it gets scary. But all of a sudden, there's this great big earthquake. Immediately, they're wide awake, and there's, there's an angel, and it's, he's flashing. He's as bright as lightning, and then you watch, and he's pushing this great big rock out of the way. And they're just, they, they, they are, they, it says they shook, they became like dead men. Did they pass out? I mean, because they could have. They could have just immediately passed out because of fear. Or they could have been just so afraid that they just were paralyzed. They were paralyzed with fear. They're just sitting there, or they're standing there, and they're just watching. They're so afraid that they cannot move. And these guys, you would think, out of everybody, would be the first people to believe. And they would believe with a passion because they watched it happen. I mean, what better is there than an eyewitness account of what actually happened? You want to tell me a story that someone's told somebody that someone's told me, it can get embellished, but the person straight from their mouth, and you watched it, that's got to be enough proof. But for these guys, it wasn't. It says, <clears throat> after the angels talked to the women, uh, verse 8, we get down to verse 8, it says, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. Hmm. Let me... Skip ahead, I'm sorry, verse 11. When the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders, they devised the plan and they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples stole the body in the middle of the night. If this report gets to the governor, he will be satisfied and you will keep out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did what they were instructed. And that story has been widely circulated to this day. These guys watched it happen. They went and told the Pharisees. They went and told the, relig the chief priests and the elders what had happened, what they saw. And you would think these guys would believe. They would at least go They would check out the story. But all they did is say, let's just cover this up. Let's just give these guards money to make them shut up. And so we don't have to deal with this problem anymore. And those guards... At least according to this, they just took the money and they were quiet. I'd really like to know where they're at today. Are they in heaven because they said, no, I really do believe this? Or they said, hey, I don't need that Jesus thing. I don't care what I saw. 
money is enough for me to be quiet, and they never chose to believe. And that's the saddest thing out of all of this, is they got the proof, but they said, hey, I don't care what the proof says. I am still not going to believe that. And there's lots of people today who, who will say the same kinds of things. They look, they look at creation, and they say, there's no God. I want to rationalize and say evolution did this, or some other, there's some other explanation. They, they look around, uh, and they, they see people who are giving up their lives for somebody else. They see people who are loving their enemies, and they're just, they, they have some other kind of logical explanation. It's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Why, why these stories are all fake, and it just happens over and over. People just do not want to believe. They'd rather accept a lie and be happy and oblivious than consider the possibility that what they heard is actually true and to search it out. And that, to me, is the saddest thing for people. If they, if they hear the truth, that they say, no, I don't need that. I don't want that. That's sad. It's just like the guards. I'd like to come back again to the disciples. I want to come back to Thomas. Uh, because in the upper room, when Jesus appeared to the disciples with the door locked, Thomas was not there. The passage says 11 disciples were there. So if you, if you check it out and say, hey, Josh is a liar. Uh, the reason it says 11 is not because there were 11, because uh, Judas Iscariot had already gone and killed himself. And it says in, in Luke, uh, or John, I'm sorry, John chapter 20, verse 21, I believe it is, that Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared to them the first time. And so Thomas is going to need his own specific example, or own specific reason to believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. So John 20, verse 24 says, Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. Imagine you have these ten disciples. You have the women got excited, told the disciples. They said, Uh-uh, I'm not believing it. And then they see Jesus, and so now they're excited. Now they're on fire. They have seen Jesus. They say, Thomas, he wasn't here. Let's go. I imagine a great big group of ten guys going, all talking at once, trying to convince Thomas that Jesus is truly risen from the dead. You've got to believe him. We saw it with our own eyes. And Thomas, this is where he gets the title, The Shame of Doubting Thomas. He says, look, guys, that's good for you. But unless I see it with my own eyes... I'm not going to believe it. It says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. I have to see. I don't care what you guys saw. I don't care what you experienced. Thomas says, without that, I'm not going to believe. And so for a whole week, Thomas has left these things rolling through his mind. Okay, Jesus, is, Jesus isn't alive. There's no way that this is possible. I'm sure disciples came sporadically still trying to convince him. A whole week later, all the 11 disciples are back together, and Thomas finally gets the proof that he wants. Verse 26 is a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, looked him straight in the eye and said, Thomas, put your fingers here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas, look right here. Stick your hand there. I mean, look at me. I'm here. You need to believe. And guess what Thomas does? Verse 28, he says, I get it. My Lord and my God. That's great that Thomas got it. I'm sure Jesus is like, okay, 
Yahoo, you finally believe me. Nobody believes I'm going to rise from the dead. The woman finally did because they saw him. The disciples finally did because they saw him. Thomas finally did because they saw him. Now, I have to admit, I have never seen Jesus. I don't think, no one in here has come up to me and said, hey, Josh, guess what? I have seen Jesus. Throughout the history, since Jesus rose from the dead, he came, he was down on earth for a while, when he went back up, nobody that I know has ever said, I know Jesus. I know that in places in other countries, like the 1040 window, where it's like the worst thing in the world to be as a Christian, I've heard of uh, people having visions of seeing Jesus, and he reveals himself to them. That's true, it's not true, I don't know. But for all of us in here, for all of us around the world, throughout history, who say, I believe in Jesus and he rose from the dead, but I've never seen it, God has some special words for you. So go home, if you believe that, I want you to be encouraged by these words. And hopefully, it will make an impact on your life. John chapter 20, verse 29, or 28 no, how about 29? Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believe. That's great, Thomas. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm not really surprised. But he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed. God is happy with you. There's a blessing on your life and on my life because I believe Jesus rose from the dead and I did not see that. That's something, that's, that's something exciting. God looks on us with favor because we're willing to accept that Jesus died on the cross, and that he rose again, even though we didn't see it. So, so do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again? It's real easy to sit in a church and say, yes, I believe it, because there's, there's no persecution, there's, nothing, there's no one really questioning your faith, but you yourself know if you believe in Jesus or not. Because there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's lots of uh, reasons to look around and say we, we need Jesus. You know, I mean, do you need, is it enough proof? Do you need more proof than to know Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? I mean, you can look around the world and say there is sin galore. It abounds, right? So we, we can agree with that. Do you need more proof that because we've sinned, we can't get to heaven? Romans 6.23 says that. Do you need more proof that God showed his love for us by sending Jesus to die on a cross? It says it right in the Bible. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe that? Now, you might be sitting there saying, yes, Josh, I believe that. I believe that longer than you're alive. Great. I'm not questioning anybody's faith. But if you're sitting there thinking, boy, I really don't know what I believe. I mean, I, I hear these things and I want to believe it. But it, like you said, Josh, it's impossible for, man, for Jesus to rise from the dead. It is such a hard thing. I want to see that this is real and that you're feeling skeptical. I'd like to challenge you. I'd like, you to challenge, I'd like to challenge you to read the book of John in the Bible. Because John 20, uh, verses 30 and 31 says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, in, you may have life in his name. You doubt Jesus is real? You doubt that what happened really happened? I, I challenge you to go to God and say, uh, if you're real, show it to me and read this book with an open mind. That's why it was written, so that you would know. Those guys back then had Jesus' teaching. 
Jesus appeared to them. We don't have that. We have the scriptures. I challenge you, if you do not, if you struggle with, did this really happen? Read the book of John, because Jesus will convince you that what he did really happened. That's part of why it was written. Today is a great day to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, because this is the day we have hope. We have celebrating that Jesus rose from the dead to give us eternal life. And if you need that, this is the best day, because we all need that. We all need Jesus as our Savior. And I challenge you to just ask him. And if you're struggling with the idea if this is true, I challenge you to book, read the book of John. Don't, don't let this day pass. Don't let it just be a day to get together with your family or a day to have a yummy...